0: The following is an exclusive presentation of Use Radio KMAN, your home for K-State Athletics. This is Wildcat Insider with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, and KMAN Sports Director, Mitch Fortner. Final time this academic year. Welcome into Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner with the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson. That's the last Wildcat Insider until late August is when we'll bring the show back. But we're on with you for an hour and a half. K-State baseball coming up at 530 down at X Stadium to take on Wichita State. That'll be on here from uh, the K-State Sports Network from Learfield. Matt Walters, Evan Marshall will be on that call from uh, from Wichita. Game one of two against the Shockers this season. There'll be a return trip to Manhattan later on in the year. But, Wyatt, welcome in. How was your Easter?
1: It was very, very good. Uh, Saturday, a large portion of the day was taken up by, in the morning, Kansas State football. Uh, in the afternoon, uh, got an opportunity to get out and see a little of the baseball game uh, against Texas. Uh, Saturday night, went to dinner with uh, some friends. And then yesterday... Um, Got together with a large part of my family over at my sister's house. She lives on a farm just north of Bennington, Kansas, okay. uh, near Salina. And first time we'd had an opportunity to 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 see them in person in quite some time because of health circumstances for her husband. So that was great. It, overall, probably more than you wanted to know, but it was yeah. it was a fabulous, fabulous weekend from from my perspective. I loved it. How about
0: you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, the day of yesterday. Uh, went up to my parents' house. If you listen to the show normally, uh, you know they live in Morganville, Kansas, which big is not city. too far. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big city. Uh, almost. <laughs> uh, we thought for a while it was knocking on 200, but it dropped back down. About the mid, one, about 150. Uh, you could drive a golf cart around town or a lawnmower. You choose. <laughs> and um, went up there with my girlfriend and her kids went with us. It was just us and uh, the parents. And we good. had some ribs. We had some pulled pork. Uh, Matt. Um, Uh, Mac and cheese, baked beans. Yeah, what what is uh like? Is there a food associated with Easter? Do you kind of mix it up? What what did you guys go with?
1: Over the years, I think we have kind of mixed it up. Yesterday was kind of an interesting thing because they had, I guess I will call it a meatball that was wrapped uh, in bacon, and it was like way good. I mean, and then very very good ham. I don't know if you're a ham fan, but I am. I, I am. And so, per usual, uh, not only did you have the meat, but you had – my Aunt Jane was there, and she had this monster container of scalloped potatoes, which was way good. And then, of course, all of the desserts. Are you a peanut butter fan? Yes. She made peanut butter fudge that (laughs) was (laughs) so good. So good. I love
0: holidays. Yeah. So I I, I
1: I was I was not on my watch it
0: diet yesterday. That's not darn sure. Whatever the holiday is, yeah. it doesn't matter what it is as long as good food <laughs> comes with it, I'm ready yeah. to celebrate. Yeah.
1: But but I think the answer to answer your question though, Easter, you, I mean, you can have you could have steak or prime rib, you could have all I mean, you could do a turkey, right? I mean, you, there's no reason you couldn't do one even though I suppose after what, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you probably want to change it up somewhat, but yeah, I, I think you could – I mean, yesterday afternoon, it started to warm up a little bit. You could have probably even grilled outside.
0: Yeah, it you know, did like warm up. The, 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 the yeah. clouds started to go away in the uh-huh. afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, it's funny you bring up you can kind of do anything with Easter. We've now started to do that with Christmas. where So I, I have this cousin that married into the family from New York. He's Italian and taught my dad how to make great sauce. Oh, there you go. You know, to put on some uh, some noodles. So yeah. now we start doing this – Chicken Alfredo wow. instead of uh, steak or prime rib or whatever on Christmas. Now it's chicken Alfredo, nice. which is really good. Sure it is. I guess the secret is you just keep stirring. Oh, okay. Just keep stirring, and that's the secret to great Italian sauce,
1: I guess. Are, are you a fan of Italian by nature?
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: so Absolutely.
0: I, yeah. There's not a whole lot I don't like. You got to really <laughs> break it down to the individual ingredients sure, to determine uh, what I don't like, including what we got to the last time we were in here, olives, not going to do it. Yeah, yeah I, know, I, I know, I know,
1: I, know. I, I I'm, am I'm a fan. I, I don't even enough of them from my perspective. That's how much I like them. But I don't think, I don't think my wife's a real big fan. So olives, yeah. So, so they're not readily available. Like black, like, green like doesn't she, matter. She, she's a big pickle fan. So we have lots of different pickles uh, almost constantly. Hey, it just is what it is.
0: Well, here on Wild Kid Insiders, we wrap up the, uh, the. Wildcat insider year again. We'll be back in late August. That's the uh, Monday before K-State football kicks off September 3rd against uh, South Dakota, right? Yes. Uh, But coming up, Coach Tang has signed his first player, his first first cat he's added to the class of 2022, which is still a long way to go, but it's a good start. Post-spring practice football storyline still to come. We're going to uh, talk to K-State Athletic Director Gene Taylor at 510. We're done at 530. But I did want to kick things off with the news I learned about yesterday, or two days ago, rather. That's the passing of former K-State University President John Weefald, who was a president for 23 years. His tenure wrapped up in 2009, so he started in 1986, the second longest tenure in K-State history, but man, was he instrumental into making K-State just overall grow, really blossom into a beautiful flower, which you see today. And we're talking about enrollment yes. grew greatly. I, I saw the number earlier today, 50% over his time it grew and uh, also added so many buildings during his time, just the size of K-State grew over his years now. Other than that, I don't think it's fair to me to really speak on John Weefold. I never met him, never got to know him. I mean, I, I started covering K-State in 2012. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Kirk Scholes was here at the time. But Wyatt, who I'm sure you got to know quite well ever since you showed up in the early 2000s, you got to know John pretty well. When I came to K-State to <clears throat> excuse me interview
1: in 2002, <clears throat> pardon me, One of the things I got to do uh, flying in here from Denver, where I was living at the time, was I got to go to President Weefald and Ruthann's house on campus and meet with them. Um, Still to this day, one of the coolest things that I have experienced in my time here at K-State or in my broadcast career, for that matter, they were so warm and welcoming. Uh, I learned very, very quickly that Mr. Weefald was not just the university president but he was the team owner and very proud of it and, and 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 he was a guy who had a lot of depth as a person. He he loved all types of sports. As a matter of fact, he was a very very large fan of baseball and as even as 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 an example the the Negro Leagues, he studied it. He he showed me many articles over the course of the the time that i knew him uh, you know some of the things that he studied and and learned uh, about the negro leagues and professional baseball in in the early days and all of those kind of things um (laughs) and and some of the things that he accomplished there certainly could be said by several others a lot better than me whether it's you know pat bosco or frank trace or bill snyder or those types of people but but for me personally he was always a very warm guy who you enjoyed being around. He, he just, John loved the athletic side of it, but he also was very serious about Kansas State as an educational choice and, and took that seriously. You talked about the growth. I, I think the, I guess I can say this and, and be accurate with it, I, I think the, the faculty w- increased, and, and they, they had a lot of terrific deans, In the early days of my stay here and what have you, he he had a lot of help certainly, and he'd be the first to admit that I think. But uh, yeah, he he was a special guy in so many ways, and you know he I remember him so so vividly being at so many practices, and he'd get so into it. I mean, he really was about his pro athlete athletics. As any university president that I've been around, I've been fortunate to be around some pretty good ones.
0: (laughs) White, I heard you talk about John Weefeld for just a couple of minutes. Yeah. And I feel like we can maybe do a whole hour show just talking about John Weefeld and just hearing your stories. But on a personal level, like what kind of guy, if you're just guys were talking one on one, like was he, what kind of person was he?
1: Well, I think, you know, he was a typical education guy, very bright on, on many, many subjects. And he he was one that, well, first of all, uh, probably I should have started with this. One thing that I don't know that John Weefald got enough credit for was how well he married. Okay. Ruth Ann was, is, I I don't even know how to say this and and give it the oomph that it really needs, but she is a spectacular lady in, in every way, shape, and form. Um always enjoyed being around her. She was just such a peach of a person. I don't think I ever saw her have a bad, you know, you hear people say, I don't think they have very many bad days. I don't think she had a bad minute or two, more times than not. You know what I'm saying? I never saw it if she did. She's just a terrific, terrific person. But, but again, I, what I appreciated about him was, because I worked in athletics, was his love of athletics. But it, it went a lot deeper for him. He, I mean, there were so many things that he was interested in, and I remember that first year. Um, at that time, they always had a little for fun after a practice before the season started. They had a little flag football game in the indoor, and he would quarterback one of the teams. And I mean, he, I mean, he was dressed to the hilt. He had the sweatbands and the headband. And, yeah. I mean, he he took it so seriously and had a ball doing it. And anyway, there there was a several. You know, photographers there and got a couple pictures. And the next thing I know, I get this delivery to my office, and here he is chucking a ball with his left-handed form, and he had personally signed it. and And it was in my office forever. I still have it at home. And and then that's the kind of guy he was. Okay. Had another guy tell me today. I won't mention the name because I probably wouldn't be right. But he, he, he said he there was a, a time where President Weefold offered to you know help him with with another opportunity down the road if needed be just because of how hard he knew he worked in his time here those those types of things and that uh, that's that's so much of the John was involved a lot with the students too just a just a well-rounded guy it, and he lived a good long life, 84 years old, no no doubt about that, but it, it, it it's 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 hard to hard to see him go cuz he was such a good person.
0: I was doing just some reading of course there's a bunch of articles that come out after we find out he passes sure. away. I was reading one by WIBW, and it said something about how bound in 1999 him several other university leaders I mean they took it into legislature where they talked about the Homeland Defense Food Safety and Security and Emergencies Preparedness Program. That's a, that's a, a mouthful there. <laughs> yeah. But it basically, you know, it turned K-State into one of the top ag and research um, universities in the country. Also added the biodefense and agro-defense leaders. Yeah. And, of course, led to what we found out in 2009, NBAF was coming to Manhattan, Kansas. So he was instrumental in in that movement over that decade. Yeah, very much so. And and as you
1: aptly talked about, the the growth of K-State during his time, especially what I would say probably in the back half of his tenure, because once K-State football started to be a real big thing on not only just a a state level, but a league level, national level, those kind of things, you, you saw the incremental growths of of the football program, certainly, but, but buildings and just the love. I mean, at that particular time, you know, K-State football and the power cat and the purple all, all just exploded all across the state. And it's just, you know, it's probably never slowed down from that point. So, um, rest in peace, Mr. W- Mr. Weefel. <laughs>
0: 2.2 2 million square feet of new buildings added during his time. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. That's a lot of, that's a lot of space folks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I'll just say this: there are a lot of people that that love K State. Uh, it'd be hard to match his his love for the place, for sure.
0: And of course, there's a couple of places that have been named after him, including Weefault Hall, which yeah. is, if I remember correctly, Dennison and Claflin. I Think that's right. If I remember, I'm not the world's best when it comes to the streets. I'll just be honest. well. And you remember Ruth? <laughs> and you mentioned Ruth and his his wife John yeah. and Ruth on and Weefault Pavilion at uh, yeah at
1: City Park. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I know Troy had some people on the show earlier this morning, and I mentioned this to you off-air, that, you know, Pat Bosco and the job that he did here with with the president, and Frank Trace was such a big fan of, of John Weefald, and it goes without saying, Coach Snyder said all the time that we were so fortunate to have John and, and the other people that, that made this place so special, and he, as usual, he's right.
0: Yeah, Let's not forget he was the president when we had the rise of K-State football, the hiring of Bill Snyder, and so on. All right, let's take our first break here on Wildcat Insider. And when we come back, great news earlier today for men's basketball and great news for women's basketball. That was uh, talked about or uh, at least announced on Twitter for K-State women's basketball yesterday. This is Wildcat Insider. (laughs) Wildcat insider Mitch Fortner, Wyatt Thompson, here with you until 5.30. That's when the backcats take over. A few minutes after 6 o'clock, first pitch at Wichita State. Mal Walters, Evan Marshall will be on the call from the K-State Sports Network from Learfield. When they chop off IMG College, they just decide, well, the name's too long, we'll just go with Learfield yeah, it's when been they a couple had the of years. merger. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. Okay.
1: It was odd getting used to adding yeah. the IMG, and then all of a sudden they decided... To go back to the original with, with just Learfield. Uh, so, yeah, but it's been two full seasons for sure, and maybe three. I don't I don't remember exactly, but it's it's a bit about
0: that. Still to come. We're going to talk with K-State AD Gene Taylor at 510. But right now, good news over the last twenty-four hours for K-State men's basketball and also K-State women's basketball. Let's get to women's basketball first. And this comes from a tweet by head coach Jeff Mitty at Jeff Mitty on Twitter. He said, quote, at Shannon Mitty, and I want to thank everyone for their thoughts and prayers. We have received terrific news since Shanna's surgery and treatment. We are celebrating her completing radiation treatment and being cancer free, thanks to KU Med Center and her doctors. Fantastic news. I can't exactly timestamp of when he did send out a tweet because I remember. It was that day I had scheduled an interview because we were doing an every Thursday thing, and it was that day he tweeted out that Shanna ha- does have cancer. Yeah. Um, so they're going to start battling that, and um, now she's cancer-free. That's fantastic news. She was dealing with breast cancer. Uh, sounds like they did catch it pretty early, and they were able to attack it right away, and thumbs up from her side of things.
1: Couldn't be more happy
0: for her,
1: certainly, uh, for the entire Mitty family. Uh, my mother uh, had... Uh battle with breast cancer at one point in her life and it's it's it it is a very difficult thing of course uh shanna's awesome (laughs) you know (laughs) she's she's just a terrific individual so i knew she'd fight it uh you hoped and prayed for the best and it sounds like things are going really really well and for her to be cancer free at this point that's about as great a news as you could possibly possibly
0: possibly get also, uh, KCA Women's Basketball adding a uh, 6'3 forward earlier today and Gisela Sanchez from Barcelona, Spain. Uh, actually, kind of has somewhat of a – there's a comparison there, I think, from the player men's basketball added today, which we'll get to that here in just a moment. So she's a player who comes from Barcelona, Spain, who did very well overseas, and now she comes to the college level and really didn't see the floor a ton. Talented player – just didn't see the floor a whole lot averaging three points rebound and a half and seven minutes per game she has the ability to shoot three very well in the season shot 44 percent from three-point range limited of course seven of 16 but does have the capability of being a really good player we'll see how she grows when she comes into manhattan but she did confirm that on on instagram that she's coming to manhattan meanwhile a couple of more in relation to what we just talked about, but to men's basketball. One player departs, one player is now coming. The player who departs is Logan Landers. 6'10 Ford, one year here at K-State, we only saw him play one Big 12 game, and he only averaged about a point a game. So he's another one that, you know, had a ton of potential out of high school, three-star kid, had a very impressive offer list, but didn't really see too much action in his first year at the college level. Right, right.
1: There were um, some COVID issues involved and part of that, uh, to be perfectly blunt. Um, I don't think a lot of people will be surprised with the fact that, um, you know, he has decided to to go into the transfer portal, Uh, and I I wish him the best. I I mean this as sincerely as I can say it. You know, K-State's a special place. I think he saw that early on. He was a really, really fun young man to be around and really liked it here. Uh, but I do think you know he, he, he'll he find a home and he'll do just well. Be, because – you know why? Because he is a good guy and because he'll work at it. He loves the game, loves to be in the gym. Uh, I, I think Logan will be just fine.
0: remember when I talked to him at media day. He
1: was my favorite uh, interview that day. <laughs> yeah, he's very open, very honest, exceptionally well-spoken. And as you talked about, probably a more highly regarded uh, student athlete coming in here than a lot of people will maybe remember him for down the road, if if they remember at all. Because like you say, his sample size of playing was pretty small. But um, you know he he's a
0: good young man, and uh, wish him nothing but the best. He'll he'll do just fine. One of the few you can say that he picked K State over KU. Yes, he, he had did. an offer from KU yeah. and picked the Cats. Now. With that being said, smart guy. And he is a, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Coach Tang has his first cat. Signed in everything, took a visit this weekend, may still be here, I don't know. But his name is Jarell Colbert. First transfer for Coach Tang and Company. He, out of high school, a four star kid. And he's transferring from. LSU. I think we all know the story about LSU. The whole team has left and they're going somewhere else. And now the Houston, Texas native is uh, coming to uh, K-State after very limited time on the floor his freshman year, but three years of eligibility remaining. I think so many people were excited to see
1: and ready for who's that first guy, right? I mean, uh, even to the point where it's like, what are we doing? How come we haven't haven't announced anybody yet? Heard plenty of that. No doubt. And, and I get it. You know, because of the excitement with the new coach and the staff and all of the things that's going on, I think that was the next big thing, right? And it takes a little bit of time. I, I've said it last week on the show. I've said it in other interviews and what have you. These guys are doing a pretty extensive evaluation. Yes, they have contacts. Yes, they have kids that they're very interested in and several of them kinda of trying to get the guys, you know, interviewed and in here for visits in some cases and it it just takes a little bit of time. But I, I think to be honest with you, I don't think I'm overstating this. This is kind of what we all expected, isn't it? A top one fifty kid, a four star kid, a young man from a pretty good basketball program at LSU, even through limited playing time. I mean, he's 6'10", needs to, you know, put on some weight and be a little bit stronger, but very talented young man. And um, from Houston, played high school basketball late in his career at Houston High School in Tennessee, yep. which is kind of an interesting twist there. But I think he was the number 41-ranked center uh, in his class coming out of high school out of Houston. And
0: as we all know, there's a lot of good players in Texas. Oh, oh, oh yes. Yeah. Um, and actually, that was the uh – I don't think that was just out of Texas. That was in the country. Yes, correct. 41st-ranked center in yeah. the country. according to, That was according to 24-7 Sports. I think we all read the same thing there. But yeah. um, he had 17 Division I offers out of high school, four-star kid like we mentioned. Uh, what I will say about him is, like, you know, I wouldn't start shooting off fireworks yet. Maybe the fuse is lit, but I wouldn't start shooting off black hats or anything. Um, it's a start. Still have nine scholarships to fill. Um. I wouldn't base too much of what he can do based on his time at LSU, six and a half minutes a game. He only played in four games, right. and he only scored two points. I mean, he barely got a shot. And if you looked at that All LSU – really talented team, Yes, by the way. that's what yeah. I was going to say. I mean, yeah. they were very good, especially yeah. with the big man. Two of their top players were power forwards, and I think that's probably where he feels most comfortable. Just by watching his film yeah. is he feels comfortable in that four, that power forward type of uh, position because – Watching his high school film, I could tell he loves to catch the ball mid-range and power his way in cuz he is athletic. Yeah. He has great post moves. But he needs to add some weight. He is a skinny kid. Yeah, for 6'10 he
1: is. I yeah. think he was listed at 215 or 16 something like that. So he but but those are things that you can add. <laughs> you know, you you can't teach 6'10. You either are or you aren't, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the obvious part. But you can add on weight to that type of frame and that type of uh, uh, talent, uh, and 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 have good results uh, going forward. And he's got so much basketball ahead of him. I think that's the that's the other key factor because Coach Tang has been very up front and forward, saying we're not just trying to fill spots for this next season. We're working for the long term, um, and and I think this is a good start. It's certainly not. The start and the finish, it's just the start. I know they've had, what, probably four kids in over the last three or four days. You're certainly going to see more uh, in the subsequent days here. I think the next few signings will come a little quicker than this first one did. Uh, There's no inside intel there at all in in knowing any of that, but just just because it makes sense. But uh, dang, it's a good start. Good-looking kid, uh, good-looking young player, uh, with with loads
0: of potential. Yeah, loads of potential. No doubt about it. That's a great way to wrap him up there. Yeah. Ton of potential. Very athletic. Just needs to add a little bit of body weight. And uh, I think you could find a really good player. As long as the development is there, which, of course, we have all the faith in the world in this coaching staff and developing these bigs. Um, but, uh, yeah, exciting news, and, yeah, you're right. We're not going to wait probably three weeks before we have a <laughs> signing. That, yeah. That's definitely not going to happen because, of course, May 1st is coming up. Shout out to Graham Flanders from a Online. That reminded us all here on Cayman is that those guys that have the opportunity to transfer without taking a year off, well, that deadline is May 1st. Right. So you're coming gonna start, up very quickly. Yeah, so you're yeah. going to start seeing a lot of guys start committing and signing some financial aid agreements very soon. All right, another timeout. When we come back, we gotta talk some football. Spring football wrapped up on Saturday. Storyline is heading into the summer. There's quite a few. Why and I will talk about a few of them coming up next. <laughs> Wildcat Insider Mitch Fortner and Wyatt Thompson still to come at five ten. Going to speak with Athletics Director of K State Gene Taylor. But K State football wrapping up spring practice Saturday. We did not have a gathering of any sort when it comes to fans for the last practice of the year, and it was explained multiple times why. Just don't have the numbers. A lot of guys banged up, especially on that defensive line. They've had to have a long snapper fill in. And I said last year, I was like, or last week, I was like, you know what? Just put him through the grind. Don't take that four or five-minute break to do special teams. Let that long snapper. You may turn him into a superstar. You never know. You never know. Uh, I got to tip my cap to
1: him, though, for, for doing that. He's not the world's biggest guy. We're talking about Nelson Pipes, if you know okay. even who that is. But yeah. he's not a real big guy. But And then they also moved uh, uh, Trevor Stang from the offensive line over to the defensive line to fill in for some of those guys that were sitting out like – Jalen Pickle and Eli Huggins and D. Hentz and several other guys. So I I think it ended up uh, pretty well. I was out there for the practice on Saturday, and they had a lot of uh, young people in to watch. Uh, Some have committed to K-State. Others would still be recruitable-type athletes. And it it was a lot of fun. It was a cool morning, but it was uh, fun watching wrap it up.
0: Well, I saw on social media, maybe they did this in the last practice or not, but one of the last practices where they had – some players kicking field goals or punting and Friday morning. That's hilarious. Okay, so it, it was yeah. it just basically a contest. So, see yeah, who'd... and I
1: don't. I, uh, I'll, I'll full disclosure here. I don't know who came up with it. Okay, but both should. I think I was under the understanding it was a couple of the coaches gold stars to both because. <laughs> You had, you know, like an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman trying to punt or kick field goals or catch a ball. You know, that thing that spins the ball up into the air for guys to practice punt catching and stuff like that? Yeah. And how hard that is? Yeah. Imagine a guy who rarely, if ever, touches the ball back there trying to catch it. The best part of it was the reaction from the the players whether it was the purple offense or the white defense when somebody did make a play it was like like the greatest thing ever and just the roar it was like there were forty thousand people in there it was the kids were really the young men were
0: really enjoying it it was you had to be there but it was awesome so I guess when I say the storylines of what we have I mean there's we still have so many questions to be answered because a lot of guys were banged up defensively and just right. across the board that we couldn't like in our minds, put together a depth chart. But Coach did say defensively they don't really have a ton of depth right now. If they were to go to the transfer portal, they might look in that direction, uh, especially linebacker. I'm sure they'd like an extra linebacker in there. But um, I, I don't know if I could say what I'm excited for. I, I mean, Khalid Duke maybe jumping back and forth from a DN to. Um, yeah, where will he settle in, right? Yeah, That's the real question. Sam Linebacker,
1: Nickel, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I think when you look at the the storylines I, th- I think you have to start with with Colin Klein yeah. being the new coordinator then I think that the change with the offense with that and then let's let's pretend for a moment that this is July 1st and not the middle of April and everybody is cleared ready to go on track to start September 3rd what will the defense look like we don't know exactly today but we have a pretty good feel and what I mean is, and we go on a little bit farther with that next key thing. Coach has made it perfectly clear he'd like to get, you know, a couple of two or three or four or five more pieces from from the portal or transfers or what, what have you. That could make a very unique scenario even better with with uh, getting that that type of talent in here if you can pull that off. So that's where I would start. Then after that, then then you go to you know. The quarterback situation. Adrian Martinez, certainly the favorite. We get why. Um, He, at the very end of spring, was starting to do a little bit more. He's getting closer to 100%. You can kind of see his skill set, and he can really run. Uh, I think once he gets to throwing full-time, things will be on course for him to be a big part of the football team. And then, I guess, after that, it just kind of depends on what your flavor is, because are you going to say, can Malik Knowles have an All American return year? Can he be the consistent guy in the pass game? Uh, can Deuce Green and Deuce Vaughn do their thing again at at the highest levels? Maybe even take another step forward. There are so many things that I mean we could talk between now and the end of the show about you know what ifs and what potentially could be. But here's the bottom line: a lot of things cooking, even through a slow time now with spring ball over. But these next few months, everybody
0: get healthy, everybody get bigger and stronger, and let's go. Time to, time to rock and roll when we get to the 1st of August. To respond to that, I do have a couple of thoughts. One, defensively, I think we could all put together, when it comes to a depth chart, we could probably put the starters in there, right? We have a sure. pretty clear idea I'd say pretty close. on who's going to start You know, on the D-line. Obviously, King Felix is going to be there, Eli Huggins, uh, potentially Nate Matlack, or Khalid Duke, depending what Khalid Duke is doing on that particular play, right. but also probably expecting him to play a little bit of uh, Sam Linebacker but also a linebacker. I would imagine Will Honus would be the day one guy when he comes back healthy. I I would say it's pretty close. I I know they love Nick Allen. They also like
1: Austin Moore. but, But I think we all understand, you know, The physicality that Honus could bring if he's healthy, for sure. Not to mention the fact that he's played a lot of college football, so he is going to be a factor. No question about that. And
0: of course, Julius Brent's Echo Boydo. I forgot to mention Deuce Green. Of course, I mean, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But we know the corners are, and then at safety, Kobe Savage, Sean Robinson. Well, I think Sean
1: could potentially, and again, those are some of the things that were a little bit down farther, but that are really important think about Reggie Stubblefield and what he did last year. I think Sean may take that spot where he's okay. kind of that SAM linebacker/nickel slash nickel cover right. corner guy um you know in the in the secondary there. I mean I, I think you you have some options, but Marvin Martin I think is going to be Yeah, a that's really it, yes. a yes. a fine player in time, but the, I mean there are other I mean Josh Hayes is probably uh, he and Savage are both going to be in the mix. Sean Robinson's going to be in the mix. There's no doubt about that.
0: Maybe Sincere Mason? Sincere,
1: yeah. And he's a guy that gets forgotten a little bit because yeah. he's one of those guys that really didn't, because of an off-season surgery, didn't do a heck of a lot in the spring. But we saw
0: last year when healthy, he he can he can play. He's a good player. Offensively, we, I, I mean, with hashtag my boy Deuce Vaughn, I need to know who's backing <laughs> him up. Well, (laughs) who is going to be the guy? It's such a question mark. It is, Uh, you know, I think Jax has done a
1: nice job, you know, coming over there and filling in on some of that and getting some reps at running back. But he's such a valuable piece at the fullback, H-back kind of position. I think common sense would say he'll probably sift back there over the course of time. Yeah, I agree. I, I think one of that. That running back position is one that could be one of the areas that they try to strengthen through the portal. With that said, I think they still have every confidence in the world that D.J. Giddens can help. Devrin Weathers they really like, but he really was unavailable this spring. And Jordan Shippers, say what you want. He doesn't get much in terms of headlines, but he's improved. He can run. He can. He's a really tough, tough running guy. But I do think they could potentially add somebody there. I, I really do. And one of the question marks is is it, and this kind of goes back to watching on Saturday, ran into Noah Johnson, and I asked him how he thought those younger guys were doing. He said, really well, good athletes. They just need experience. and And some of them have a little bit, maybe a Hadley Panzer type. You know there's there's also, you know, a guy like Andrew Lane gang who hasn't really played yet, but you know once he starts playing, going to be hard to get him out of there he is a stud of a guy i mean he's really really strong um much more along for a redshirt freshman than most i mean he's a good looking
0: player man now one final thought i have is about the wide receivers yeah do we feel the most confident about wide receivers heading into this next season than we have in a while and, well, and that's despite not having many changes? Yeah, I, I think probably so because Thad Ward, the new
1: guy there, coaching has had impact certainly. And I think he could potentially at least make those guys that have been around a while even more consistent and, and better, whether it's Malik, Philip. Uh, Cade Warner. It's good to have Cade Warner back. Agreed. But you've been to those pressers, Bud. You, you've you heard all those guys talk about RJ Garcia. Yes,
0: I can't wait to watch yeah. him play. Yeah,
1: he, he can really he's good speed, he has good hands, he's a good route runner. He's just kind of exploded this spring and I, I'm hopeful that he'll have a good summer here and, and stay healthy through fall camp because he can help. He will be in the mix. There are certainly others, but those guys probably would be at the front of the list. Now, does that mean they won't get a portal guy? Don't think that way. If there's a guy out there that can be a difference-making kind of guy, and you can get him, go get him. Right? I think that's going to be the attitude. Whether it's running back to back up Deuce, whether it's another guy in the rotation with the receivers, might be a linebacker, could be a corner or a safety or a you know one of those hybrid guys. Those are the kind of guys I think that are. You know, they're hard to come by.
0: If you can go find a good one, go do it. I just love the sound of, okay, a player that touched the ball like three times a previous <laughs> year. He, he had yeah. a little bit in the KU game, like maybe a carry in the TCU game. Hmm. That's all we saw of R.J. Garcia last year. Right. And all of a sudden, he is just tearing it up in spring ball. So I, you mentioned Thad Ward. I love that we're already seeing a growth in a very young player who can help Hopefully this season and be an impact player. But from what we saw in the in the in the bowl game and the mix that was thrown in with Coach Klein, and we saw wide receivers make some great plays. Skyler sure. had that amazing throw to the near sideline to Phillip Brooks. But just seeing Malik Knowles just show off in that game and what he can potentially do in this next year, like I feel like we saw Malik Knowles grow significantly. No question about it. Just from that tail end of the season, doing great in spring Bowl. And now, we're, I, mean, it's, I think we're expecting him to have this fantastic year, like an all-Big 12 type of season. I don't want to put too much pressure
1: on the guy, but I, I will tell you this. I think he is now recognizing, at least more so than he did before, what he really is capable of and what those coaches have been telling him over the last couple of years or so. He's got a terrific frame. You see the type of ability he has in the, run, in the, in the return game. Um, and as a receiver, I still believe this. I'm sincere about this. He still is scratching the surface of what I think he has the potential to do. Does that scare you, make you excited? No, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> you I should I, be. I
0: think this offense you has plenty be. of weapons to yeah. be a great team. Yeah. No doubt about that. Now, I made a joke earlier about special teams and how taking all these breaks to do special teams just because you're a little banged up. <laughs> listen, special teams needs a jump start. Sure. They know last year – they they weren't as good as they what they were capable of. It took a step backwards, even though they had some big plays. Yeah, the kick looked, return
1: was still awfully good, but they they can be better in some of the other areas. That's yeah. fair, and they, you know they have some tough guys to replace. You know, for, for sure. I mean, I there are a lot of guys that are making their way there though, and and like the old days with Coach Snyder, that's how you first got to the to the field when you were a young player. Special teams, go go make it special. Go make it happen.
0: All right, that's gonna wrap up uh, hour 1 Wildcat Insider. We have a short hour two. We're gonna be out of 5 30. Baseball's coming up at Wichita State. But we are gonna talk with K-State Athletics Director Gene Taylor. That's coming up at 510. I do want to mention as well, just briefly, you know, K-State Baseball winning that series and it's number seven, Texas. Looking for the sweep on Saturday. First time ever it would have been. Unfortunately, lost four to two. But K-State baseball getting that series win is gigantic for the rest of the season because now it's starting to get easier in Big 12 play after that gauntlet they had to start. And congrats to Blake Adams who won today's
1: co-pitcher of the newcomer of the
0: week in the Big 12 for that
1: performance on Friday.
0: After coming out of the bullpen for a couple of weeks, maybe took that a little personally, tore it up Friday. Great showing by Blake Adams Friday against the Longhorns. Short hour two, Wildcat Insider up next.